everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. This is part three of our three-part interview with Brett Contreras, the glute guy. If you're just tuning into this, I promise you this will be so much more valuable for you if you go back and listen to parts one and two first. They're immediately preceding this episode. So again, this is part three of a three-part interview with Brett Contreras. Go back and listen to part one and two before you listen to this. I have my specific glute and strength training questions to hit next. Um, But I will say this, when I first started tracking my calories, you know, I work from a home office. And one of the things that is my problem is sometimes like on a day like today, between podcasts, I'll go to the kitchen and instead of pulling out one of my metabolic meals or whatever, I'm like, I'm not hungry. I just want to have a little bit of, you know, I just want some granola and I would just put it in a little ramekin. So I would kid myself like, Oh, I'm just doing it in a ramekin, but I would have like two full ramekins. Well, when I measured that out, it was each ramekin was 400 calories. So for me to have my quote unquote little snack of granola in between podcasts, 800 extra calories I hadn't thought about. It's like people that go and get a Starbucks in the afternoon and they, they're like, Oh, well then I'll get, you know, a biscotti and I'll get a muffin that can easily be a thousand calories. And they just, it it won't fill you up. You'll forget about it later. And then you wonder why you're not losing weight. So there's your gift about calorie counting guys. You're welcome. Caloric deficit is the king of everything uh, other than lifting weights. So let's get into one of the first things that came out in the early part of your book. You have some really good myths about lifting that I want you to address because this is brilliant. And the first one is you mentioned squats and deadlifts don't build the glutes, or maybe they don't build the glutes the way we've all been taught to think. And a lot of people listening are like, whoa, wait, because that's what all trainers will have you do. Tons of squats, tons of deadlifts. That's all what's going to build your glutes. What do you say to that? So uh, if you have good glute genetics, then everything builds your glutes. Like you look at, remember Jen Selter, she's like the first woman that made Belfies popular, like the booty queen. Like she was like the you, she just had this huge butt and these like, yeah. little legs and you're like, what? She just has this little wimpy routine and her glutes are amazing. Like she has great glute genetics. Okay. So, but if you don't have good glute 
genetics. Like how many sets of squats and deads can you do a week? Like, and they're hard on the body. You know, I, I, if, if I'm in a seminar, I go, how many people have hurt themselves doing deadlifts? How many have hurt themselves doing squats? Most of the hands go up. I've hurt myself on deadlifts and squats before many times. But if you hip thrust the way I teach, you don't tend to hurt yourself ever. No, like no one hurts themselves that way. I've had zero injuries with hip thrust. Now, same with a lot of other stuff we do. It's like um, the abduction work, the posterior chain exercise. So when I open up Glute Lab uh, here in San Diego, when I moved to San Diego three years ago or two and a half years ago, I opened up a gym and we didn't do barbell squats and deadlifts with people. We did squats on the lever squat machine. We did deadlifts off the uh, hammer strength deadlift and off the, the, the belt squat but and, and like kettlebell squat, kettlebell deadlifts, we did goblet squats, but never barbell squats and deadlifts. And people's glutes, glutes grew like crazy because no one ever got injured. Um, and I don't like fear mongering and being like, oh, if you squat and deadlift, you'll get injured because you think <laughs> you perform. But it's also the lifts that give you the most street cred and they're dangerous, you know, because you're standing on two feet. Like they're, they're, they're so impressive because it is, there's a danger element to it. I mean, th those are like my favorite lifts, by the way. So I don't mean to be bashing. My, I, I'm squatting. I mean, I just hit a deadlift PR the other day, and I'm 43 years old. So uh, I love deadlifting. But here's what I'll say. You can't do that many sets per week of just purely squatting and deadlifting. It beats you up. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you should squat and deadlift. But you shouldn't be so obsessed with your strength on them to where you start pushing the envelope and getting that point where you might hurt yourself you should push hip thrust really hard. You should do sets. I have this rule of thirds that I talk about in my book, uh, in Glute Lab, Glute Lab, the book, not the gym. Um, and it's like, a, you know, you can do, you know, you can do around 36 sets of glutes per week. That's what, that's what I do in my programs. But around a third of the exercise should be horizontal hip extension exercise. Things like hip thrust, glute bridges, frog pumps, cable pull-throughs, reverse hypers, back extensions, those are all horizontally loaded. You, a third should be vertically loaded. Those are your squats, your lunges, your deadlifts, your good mornings, your, all your single leg squatting movements. And then a third of them should be lateral and rotary. These are your, all your band work, your, your, um, your abduction movements, your hip extra rotation movements, and those. Then you can do more volume because the, the, the vertical beats you up more, but the horizontal and the lateral don't beat you up as much systemically and get you as sore. Then you end up naturally just mixing up the rep ranges too. It's like you might go heavy on some of those lifts, but the abduction stuff, you're going to do higher reps. You, when you do back extensions and reverse hypers and frog pumps and glute bridges, you tend to go higher reps. So it's like it ends up being a good mix of things. And that's what works best, not just doing squats and deadlifts. Powerlifters don't have the best glutes in the world. Crossfitters don't have the best glutes in the world, even though they're squatting and deadlifting a ton. The bikini, bikini girls have the best glutes in the world. And if you look at bikini, it's gotten way better over the last nine, 10 years. That's, it started in 2010. And you can look at the, the progression of, of the glutes with bikini, and it's amazing. And these girls will tell you, you know, my, it's not that my squat went up, <laughs> my hip thrust went up, and my I just think there's a better way to do things with a more well-rounded, comprehensive program. No, that makes sense, actually. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and how long, when did, you, when did you start your hip thrust program? 2006, I invented it. No one did the barbell hip thrust before me. I was in my garage yeah. in Scottsdale and uh, thought it up. I was watching UFC fights, and I'm like, wow, 
there should be an exercise that helps you escape this position. And I was like, well, you can't be like, I can't be like, hey, dude, just straddle me and I'm going to pump out like 50 reps. That's not, <laughs> not really appropriate just yet. So I'm like, how could you load it? Okay. How could you add weight? Okay. Well, but that's, it's also just a little short range of motion. Could you, how could you add more range of motion to it? Well, you could elevate yourself and things like that. So um, that, that kind of was, a, you know, if you look at every other muscle group, okay, like pec training was this, is the same now as it was 10 years ago as it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Belt training, back training, quads, hamstrings, you know, arms, it's all the same. As it, it hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed in the last, you know, 20, 30 years is glute training. Glute okay. training is so different than it used to be. If you, if we had Instagram 30 years ago or 20 years ago or even, even 12 years ago, or well, yeah, I invented the hip test in 2006, but didn't write an article about it till 2009. Um, if you would have, you know, if we would have had Instagram many years ago, it would have just, you know, they didn't even talk about glutes. No one was yeah. like, I'm training glutes. It was legs. The bodybuilders still just have leg day and the glutes just grow with them. Well, they're also on tons of stuff and, and they don't care as much about glutes as the women. So the women tend to learn way more about glute training. The women tend to be experts on training glutes and the men are just oblivious because they don't care that much. It's like women aren't the experts in arm training. They don't care about as much about arm training as males do. You don't tend to hear women being like, I really like, you know, doing my concentration curls with, and I, you know, and I are like, I do, I like to do a drop set on the, uh, uh, or like go straight from hammer curls to alternating curls. And <laughs> I like to, to alternate my tricep extensions, my cable rope tricep tricep extensions with my whatever curls, like, um, or like, I just hit a 135 pound for 10 rep barbell curl, like, you know, that's <laughs> not that what they tend to talk about more is glute training and men. T- and there's a study on this. It, it showed that, uh, w- uh, women that belong, men and women that belong to a gym, the women did an average of 41 sets a week for glutes and the men did 12. Mm-hmm. And then it was flip flopped for like shoulders. So men train way more delts and, than women. So we have different preferences. And, uh, I just think we, we, we need to understand that and, 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 and the why is behind that because it's, there's more pressure on women to have better glutes than there is for men. And men tend to get nice glutes just from squatting and deadlifting. It gets, they tend to have decent glutes for the liking. That doesn't mean you couldn't get better results if you added hip thrust and the seated hip abduction machine into your protocol. Well, you know, this is a good place to segue into one of my other questions, um, because one of my questions was, how did you invent the hip thrust? You already went into that. But you just talked about, you know, um, because, and we referenced it earlier in the interview, how, you know, a lot of times both men and women can, we, we have our favorite body parts, right? Like one of, I noticed such a huge difference when I started training with Whitney and I really focused on I used to always want to train my, I've loved shoulders. So I loved to train shoulders. I loved to train back. I hated triceps. I hated chest. I hated calves because I have very developed calves. So I avoided training them. Um, and I liked legs and I, everything else I just avoided. So I would keep doing the same things and I avoided that. And I, and I, I also avoided triceps because I thought, 
you know, I always viewed triceps as they make you look like you have fat arms. So I thought, well, I'll just avoid them. And it wasn't until I really started equally training all parts of my body. I saw better symmetry that, that I could perform better. You know, like you need to have all parts of your body strong, not just one area, right? So it's good for both men and women to make sure that we're not just training, you know, that one body part. Men are known historically to just go with chest and biceps and ignore their legs. But one of the things we're talking about, you know, a lot of people want to train their glutes for aesthetic reasons, right? And it's very popular now. When I was young in my 20s, it was not popular to have a butt. And that's why I would wear a big blazer to cover up my ass because girls didn't, I mean, the aesthetic back then was skinny Jennifer Aniston. It was trying to look as skinny and flat as possible. That was what was popular back then. But when we're talking about working out our glutes and building up strong, Real aesthetically, quick, by, by, by the way, I wanted to interject like that's a big deal. I, I, I'm amazed at growing up. To me, every girl wanted to look like the Victoria's Secret models. That was in our era. That's what it was like, Kelly. Like everyone wanted to be a, a like a runway model or a yep. swimsuit model. You didn't want big muscles. You just wanted to be like lean and skinny and didn't curves didn't matter that much. You just wanted to be rail thin. And to be like that, you have to eat like, you know, 1,200 calories a day every day and then do some cardio. And it's mm-hmm. really hard to maintain. You really can't eat much. And then now I feel like with Instagram, you get – it's made it cool. It's really been cool for me to see. It made it cool to have curves. And it's led by the women – being supportive of each other and yes and 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 strong is sexy and look at my and the, and this Amanda Laytona showing off how to pose her glutes and now everyone's doing it and they're showing off their butt gains and mm-hmm. and it's like look you can look good at a heavier body weight and be and and look amazing and be confident and you look at some of these women with it's so cool for me to see like you know like Katie Cruz she's not shredded she's got a million followers and she you know she's healthy she 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 trains properly and you know it, it's really cool to see cuz she's not obsessed with being rail thin she 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 overcame that and uh, yeah. and she's just happy and i just i love seeing that because so many women were just they they couldn't be happy unless they were this tiny little twig and now and now it's more there's a broader range and you can and really it's up to the person's preference how they want to look you know and there's nothing I agree. Wrong. Nothing wrong with wanting to look like a hell who <laughs> would want to look like a Victoria's Secret model, but also if you want to look muscular, that's cool too. Yeah, I it's it's a completely different culture right now, and I love it. I love that um, it's it's more acceptable for you know. I love there's such a diversity in the fitness space in general. I mean, you know, women who are. I mean, you know, my biggest problem sometimes is that you know. I mean, I have always loved a more muscular aesthetic for for women for myself, and so my biggest problem is I do build muscle, and then I go buy sweaters, and they don't fit my arms. But I'm like, you know what? That's okay, and I love that we can joke about that and that you know one of my most popular posts on Instagram was like you can have quads or you can have jeans that fit like it's and we joke about that kind of stuff but it's true because now it's not the the pressure isn't on women like it used to be 10 or 11 years ago where you know everything you'd hear out of Hollywood was Jennifer Aniston or um, I can't think of some of the other ones off the top of my Courtney Cox and they were all like oh they're a zero then it's they're a double zero size. And then it's like, oh, she's a negative two. And I'm like, how much smaller are we supposed to get? 
And to see more women embracing, like a friend of mine, Leslie Bradshaw, who got into CrossFit, she said, she, she put this post up one time and she's like, you know what? I stopped trying to take up less space in this world and I've decided to focus on getting strong. And she's like, I'm strong as fuck and I love it. And I, it was the best post ever. And the body confidence coming out of that woman is amazing. And that's what I want for more women, whatever it is they choose to pursue. So I totally agree with you. But back to the, what, where I was driving with the question is we're talking about aesthetics, right? Like it's, it's cool to have the booty and we're talking about hip thrusts and building nice glutes. And we all know it's great for aesthetics, but you reference something and I'd like you to build on it. So why is glute strength good from a health, a strength, and a performance? Because you go into this in detail in the book, but a lot of people might be listening to this going, well, you know, maybe they think right now, well, I don't want to have, because they think it's all or nothing. They think I can only build a big butt like, like that girl. And I don't want that. But why is it also good from a performance perspective and a health perspective? So I remember putting a poll out and I thought 90% of people would answer that they train glutes for physique and aesthetic purposes, pr primarily, you know, but it actually, um, it actually is, is there, I was surprised to find there was only about 60% and 40% trained the glutes primarily for either strength or performance and function or injury prevention. And so um, it, it is so important with overall function. I mean, just anecdotally, if you, when you train people the way I do, you hear so many different people saying like, oh my God, I, I started training glutes because I, I want them to look better, but now I feel so much better. I, mm. I you hear everything. Like I used to climb, uh, you know, back, back before I moved to San Diego, people would say things like, I used to climb Camelback Mountain and I, I would get back pain halfway up and I just thought it was normal. Now I don't get back pain anymore. And I think it's not just training glutes, but it's also like you learning optimal form with things. And yeah. so, um, so I think that, you know, for, from a, a functional standpoint, there's the function of, of, of like improved performance. And that goes with activities of daily living, like, with, especially with the elder, like standing up from a chair, climbing, climbing up steps, picking stuff off the ground, things like that. But also with high-performance things like sprinting and jumping and cutting side to side and throwing and twisting and rotating, things like that. So glutes are very involved in all that stuff because the glutes are, they carry out three main actions, hip extension, hip abduction, hip external rotation. If you think about it like swinging a bat, Swing a bat, you do all three things at once. You do hip extension. People think it's just one or the other. You actually do all three at once. Hip extension, hip abduction, and hip external rotation at the same time. Sports are multi-planar, multi-vector. You're, you're, you're moving in all directions. And so the glutes are paramount for function and for performance. And also for, for injury prevention purposes, you're not going to, you're not going to, perform well if you're sidelined with injury or pain. Pain, mm -hmm. pain decreases muscle activation. You're not going to perform your best or grow your glutes best if you have you know, pain and injury. So for that reason, glute training is awesome. But for strength, strong glutes, you know, they're highly involved in hip thrusting, squatting, deadlifting. You know, so the sport of powerlifting, the sport of Olympic weightlifting, strongman, CrossFit, and also just all sports. Like, you know, like anything involving running and jumping like volleyball and football and baseball and soccer and rugby and hockey, all these sports 
are rely heavily on glutes. So that's the cool side effect. And I think for me, I don't have the biggest glutes in the world, but they're strong as hell. And I've, I've gotten, they've grown a lot from what they first came from. So I, I'm not insecure about my glutes anymore. <laughs> your back doesn't run into your, your legs anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got some junk in the trunk and they're not the biggest glutes, but hell, I hip thrusted over 800 pounds and I like them because I associate them with how hard I train them, you know? Hmm. I have a couple questions and we're, I can't believe we're like, this is going to be a three-part episode. This is so awesome. Um, but I have a couple questions. Number one, most specifically. So, I mean, obviously for everyone listening, the, his new book, there's tremendous amount of programming and expl- explanation and, and education in this book. Um, and I love it. And so my question to you, Brett, is for people who have never really focused on this before, um, would you say that this is something, I'm guessing, you know, I have a gym membership. Is this the type of training that can only be done exclusively in a gym, the type of training that you're recommending? Or can are there things in the book that people can start doing at home? What, I mean, what do you recommend for people who are out there who are like, you know what, damn it, it's time for me to focus on more strength training. And specifically, I really want to start focusing on, you know, building my glutes and my lower body. Is this something that really, you've got to be in the gym to have access to, you know, barbells to be able to do this type of training? Or can you start at home? Well, so I anticipated this. Like, what if you're just some random, some random person that likes, you know, that, that like stumbled upon my book and like likes like glutes, like likes nice glutes, but doesn't know what to do. So the first program in the book was just body weight. You know, the first, the first, you know, four weeks is just body weight. And then it's like, okay, buy a dumbbell and a band or, you know, like a simple, and then nice. buy more equipment. So I plan on that. Now, Let's say you said to me, Brett, you can only, you, you've built up your glutes and now you need to maintain your glute size and you can never use any weight ever again. I think I could do it or at least maintain most of it. Um, but I know advanced bodyweight exercise, in, which I show in the book, you know, things like pistol squats and single leg hip thrusts and frog pumps and, well, frog pumps aren't advanced, but I, you can do them until your glutes are burning like crazy. But a third of the people don't like frog pumps because they don't feel them that much because they're hip and adding. Anyway, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> you'll find exercises that work for you. Extra range sideline hip abductions, sideline hip raises. All, all these things are all these are great glute exercises. Okay, now now, but you you start you know you can start out not knowing what you're doing. You start out, you learn the squat. You know you learn the hip hinge. You learn the bridge. You learn the hip thrust. You learn the lunge and this, you know, the the the, the split squat. The, these are things you got to learn those movement patterns, and the, and then gradually you progress. You add range of motion. You add load. You add repetitions, and then you advance to more challenging exercise variations. And that's just the way it goes. This is really good. Um, I had no idea that that you had that beginner program in there. So that's awesome. So my last question for you is this. Um, what do you, what's your take on stretching and mobility? Because there's a lot of people out there who are like, you got to warm up and do, you know, mobility work and stretching before you start a workout. There's a lot of people who are like, no, you don't need that. Just dive into your workout, do it at the end. And then there's people who swear it's bad for you at the end. My last trainer, he's like, you don't, he, he had me do mobility work before a workout specifically before, you know, training lower body more so than upper body. But he was like, you don't need to train or, or stretch at the end. And I, there's just a lot of people who are from either or school. And I'm curious if you have a position on that. 
So, uh, well, first of all, like what we talked about with like cardio, if you like stretching and it makes you feel better, then stretch, like by all means. But don't just don't do it right before your workout, you know? So, um, like if you, um, all right, I know so many powerlifters. I used to train at this powerlifting gym in Tempe, uh, Arizona called Revolution Training Systems. And uh, these guys, they're beat up, you know? They, <laughs> they're pushing <laughs> the envelope where like of what their bodies are capable of doing you know i remember there was a a um a powerlifting meet they were all competing at this dan green's uh um, powerlifting meet and the three of the guys were like I i'm just hoping i don't tear my pec clean off the bone <laughs> i'm just hoping my hamstring stays intact like guys <laughs> train and so strong too, right? oh my God. 198 pound lifters pulling 750 pounds like you know and so those guys would warm up and do mobility work activation work they had a buffer like you know you see like the massage guns these guys had an actual buffer like that you use on a car <laughs> and they like warm up their muscles and the, what am i going to say to them you, you guys don't need to warm up that much no they need to some athletes need to they feel better but my so okay, so if that's that's how you feel best, go for it. And it just depends on the person though. A lot of my clients, they're like limber women, they already have great mobility. I have them do like a set of goblet squats and a set of reverse lunges, and then they're done. They're ready to go. Like that's it. Then they're yeah. ready. They take they don't even take five full minutes to warm up. But it just depends because because we start out at my gym, we typically typically start out with hip thrust. Well, you're gonna warm up during your during sure. your specific warm up you're going to have 135 pounds on the bar and do you know eight reps and then you throw on you know 225 and do six reps and then you know my girls are strong so they might do three warm up sets and then by the time they get to their real weight they're warmed up mm -hmm. um so it just depends and then about stretching uh, again it depends i i have some clients that're tighter than a snare drum and other clients that can wrap their leg around their head so but most people, for physique benefits, stretching isn't as important. Now, it should be said that weight training increases flexibility, too. It's a form of loaded stretching. But it mainly works on certain, like, like if you do stiff leg deadlifts, you can increase your hamstring flexibility. But if you added a ton of static stretching into the mix, you could do it more so. But is that needed? Like me, I'm not very flexible, but I can do a good deadlift. I can do a good squat, deep squat. I can do, you know... The exercise properly so i don't need more it's not going to help me with injury prevention and things like that like people think it does but if you like doing it and it relieves stress and makes you feel good then by all means do it that makes sense i mean you're and i will say this number one i've obviously really enjoyed uh, our chat today um you are very very articulate and very very smart and but i also love how you just um you're very common sense uh and balance you know, that was woven in through a lot of this conversation. And I think that that is really healthy, um, for lack of a better word, for all of us to really focus on. Like, let's let's start looking at fitness and getting fit and getting healthy from a more long-term perspective, like health and, and, and being strong and being able to live long and function, but also just like, let's have balance and stop obsessing and making fitness be about punishment or perfection. Um, so I love, you know, you, you really 
you have such a tremendous wealth of knowledge, but at the same time, you also have a wonderful perspective based in common sense. So, so I love that. Tell people, since we are now at the end of part, what will be part three of this episode, um, where can they find you and tell them again about your, your new book and where they can buy the new book? So you, I'm most active on Instagram. I don't do, I don't do Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and blogging as much anymore. But I do. I'm I'm very active on Instagram and Instagram stories. Um, and that's Brett Contreras one. But if you don't remember Brett Contreras, you can just type in Glute Guy. And the <laughs> book, the book is available on Amazon now. If if you want, like. My Instagram has that. We're all doing the link tree now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The link to all your stuff. And that the, that has the link to Glute Lab um, if you want it. And that's the main place to find me these days. I, I, I want to start blogging and sending out more newsletters again. I just, you know, he's, it's these days it's so hard just to do Instagram properly. It's, I don't I know. know how people have energy for all of them, you know? I know. Believe me. I, I have been saying I, I've, I've had it on my to-do list. Like Kelly starts sending out newsletters again this week. And I'm like, <laughs> there's the sixth week I haven't done. It. I'm like next week. And then, you know, I have courses that I'm taking because, you know, I'm getting back to doing my own Kelly Alexa stuff after running a company and having other people do it for the company. And it is, it's, it's overwhelming because you realize like, okay, the people that have been doing this had years to figure out how to do it all and layer it all on. And I've got three businesses. It's, it's a lot sometimes. And sometimes I just want to go, I'm just taking a day off, you know? And then people go, what's it, what happened? You didn't post a podcast yesterday. So you do what you can. <laughs> anyway, Brett, it was obviously a sincere pleasure to have you on the show. You are brilliant. And for everybody listening, I will link up to everything in the show notes at the Kelly O show. I sincerely hope you go buy his book, um, follow him on Instagram. He has a ton of great content out there. Um, he's trained some of the best. Um, I'm going to look up his subscription service that he's got for, uh, what's that program that you said? The glute? Booty by Brett. Yeah, we're going to link up that as well um, because I think we all need that. So thank you so much for being on the show, Brett. For everybody listening, um, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have questions uh, on this episode, obviously we encourage you to connect with Brett directly with, if you've got questions for him, if you have questions about future episodes, about advertising on the show, about nominating somebody that we uh, interview on the show, just go to the contact me form on kellyalexa.com. You can use that. That'll get to me and my assistant and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks, Brett, for being on the show. We'll see you guys next time on The Kelly O Show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this three-part jam-packed, awesome interview with Brett Contreras. Is he not amazing? Um, Love this guy. I love how down-to-earth he is. Great sense of humor. And again, the guy really knows his stuff. So smart, so intelligent. Um, What a gift to the fitness space. And I also love, you know, the fact that he's reinforcing what you've been hearing me have such massive aha clarity around, which is caloric deficit. You know, if you're not paying attention to that, nothing else matters. So love, love, love that. I will link up to everything, including Brett's new book, his old book that I bought a couple years ago, um, as well as linking up, you know, so that you can follow him online. Definitely encourage you to do that. He puts out great content. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, I hope you are. I hope that you're subscribed. And then if you haven't done so yet, you know I'm going to ask it. All podcasters ask this. 
please head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Um, Podcasters put a lot of time and energy into creating podcasts for you guys, and we all benefit from them. I've had to sometimes remind myself, I'm a podcaster. I'm asking you guys to go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, knowing how impactful those are in helping the show grow and get seen and heard by more people. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I didn't even record. I didn't even you know, do a review on that show. So just like Yelp, take a few minutes, go on over there, um, give us some love. It's really, really appreciated. And then share this show with a friend um, because one of the greatest gifts for me, honestly, is when I get a DM from somebody, and it's happening more and more often, but somebody will write to me and go, oh my God, I just discovered this show and I am learning so much. And I really, 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 that just, that's why I'm doing the show because I'm passionate about sharing everything I'm learning in my own life because everything I'm learning has made huge changes in my life and my health. How wonderful it is to be age 50 and feel like I'm just getting started, like I'm in better shape now at age 50 in the middle of massive hormonal imbalance with hypothyroidism, cortisol issues, adrenal fatigue, all of that junk, then I was at 30. And that's all because of knowledge. And that's the whole purpose of this show. So I really encourage you to share the love, spread it. And um, thank you in advance. If you have questions for me, if you would like to uh, reach out and nominate somebody that we interview for the show, just go to kellyalexa.com, fill out the contact me form. You can use that same form to inquire about podcast uh, advertising rates for 2020 and beyond. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I love you guys. And I will see you next time on The Kelly O Show.